Hello, this is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska. Welcome to our Sunday morning Bible class. We're podcasting a Bible study every Sunday morning. Every Sunday morning, we post it at the same time that the Sunny Slope Church of Christ here in Omaha meets in our building for our Sunday morning Bible classes. But now this is a different study. And we're doing that for people who are not able to be with us at the church building as we come together for our Sunday morning Bible classes. We know there are people even in the Omaha area who are not able to be with us, but they want to study God's word. They want to hear the Bible taught. We know also that people listen across the country and literally around the world to our podcasts. And so there are people who obviously, because of where they live, are not able to be with us in person. But again, they want to be in God's word. They want teaching from God's word. So we're thankful to have the ability and the opportunity and the means to be able to teach God's word on such a widespread basis through the internet and by means of these podcasts. We're thankful that you're there. We're thankful that you want to learn more from God's word. And we pray that these studies will be and have been and will continue to be a blessing for you as they are a blessing for us to be able to teach. Now, we want to encourage you to share these studies with everybody you can through Facebook friends, text messages, and other technological means with your family members, friends, work associates, neighbors, with literally everybody you can. You know people in your life who need to turn their lives around spiritually. They need to come to God through Jesus Christ. They need to grow in their faith. And since faith comes by hearing the word of God, you can help them along that line by sharing these studies with them. You may help somebody even get to heaven by getting them into God's word through these studies. What a great blessing that will be for them, but it will also be a great blessing for you. Now also tell everybody you can about our website, churchofchrist.com, churchofchrist.com. Click on the podcast button and sign up for a podcasting. It's free. It always will be free. And when somebody signs up for a podcasting, they will automatically receive to their smart device, whether that's their phone or computer or whatever they choose, they will automatically receive our Sunday morning Bible class, our Wednesday night Bible class, all of our sermons, and a daily radio program Monday through Friday that we call Search the Scriptures. Also, a short Bible study every single day, seven days a week that we call today's Bible class. Now, that's only about 13 minutes each day. But again, since faith comes by hearing the Word of God, Romans 10 and verse 17, being in God's Word is crucial for the strength and development and the growth of our faith. And also, it's important In fact, it's crucial, again, to help us stay in God's Word, knowing, or rather continuing to learn those important and valuable teachings and truths communicated to us therein. So tell everybody you can about our website, churchofchrist.com. We want to continue our study at this time from the book of Joshua, and we have methodically uh, progressed through what we might call early early human history, but then also early Israel, uh, Israel history. So we began with the creation of mankind and the world and everything we see around us, the universe and so on. Back in Genesis chapter 1, we saw the creation of Adam and Eve toward the end of Genesis chapter 1. We saw their fall into sin in chapter 3. And we saw the flood in Noah's day because the wickedness of mankind had become so great. 
so overwhelming. And so God cleansed the earth of the evil of humanity at that time and sparing the life of Noah and his family. Noah was found righteous in God's eyes and so basically gave humanity a second chance through Noah and his family. Well, so we saw again the population of humanity grow and then we saw where God chose Abraham to be the beginning of the bloodline through which he would bring the nation of Israel into into being, and that's where we're at right now, but we've already progressed quite a ways through that early part of their history, their development of their history, and it would be through the bloodline of Israel that God would send Jesus into this world as the Savior of mankind. Well, so we're at the point where Moses has led the Israelites out of Egyptian bondage. They have wandered in the wilderness for about 40 years, giving time for the adult generations from 20 years old and up to die out in the wilderness because of their weak faith in God, and the younger generations to grow up and become the new adult generations and stronger in their faith. And so, God, through Moses, has led the people of Israel up to the border of the promised land, and Joshua, now Moses, died on the eastern side of the Jordan River, and Joshua was the the new leader by God's instruction and Moses' appointment. Joshua became the new leader of the people of Israel. So he led them across the Jordan River into the promised land, at that time known as the land of Canaan and began to lead the Israelite men, the warriors, into battles against the various kings of that particular land, beginning with Jericho. And God, again, I've emphasized this over and over again, we see this over and over again from God's instruction to Moses and then obviously to Joshua, do not have anything to do with the people in that land. They are idol worshipers. They do not follow me. And if you start entering into relationships with them, then you open the door for them to start to influence you, and particularly if you start intermarrying with them, to lead, you open the door for them to begin to influence you to turn away from me and start worshiping their idols. And so God said, you either drive them out or you destroy them in battle. And so Joshua has been staying faithful to that instruction, and one after another, he has defeated these various kings and their peoples, destroyed their cities, and and annihilated their peoples, and uh, we've seen that at battle after battle after battle. Now, in chapter 12 of of Joshua, uh, I'm not going to read that chapter, but I'm going to comment on it a little bit. We see Broke, we see that chapter broken into two sections. First, the kings that were conquered by Moses in various battles as he was still leading the people to the border of the promised land. And then the second section of that chapter is the kings that were conquered by Joshua as he led the people into the land and began the conquest of the land. Now, when you look at the number of kings that Joshua defeated and destroyed in battle, it's, there's 31 of them. You might say, wow, that was a massive campaign. Well, it was a massive campaign, 
But again, as I've indicated, we're not talking about nations from the perspective that we normally think of as nations today, as we look in the globe and we say, oh, well, there's the nation of France, there's the nation of, of, uh, of, of Germany, there's the nation of India, there's the nation of China, and so on. Now, those would be big geographic countries. What we're talking about in that particular culture of that day, in the land of Canaan, if you looked at the land of Canaan, the promised land, which later became the nation of Israel, you're looking at a very small piece of property or, or parcel of ground geographically by comparison. It would probably, you know, it'd probably be equivalent of some of our states in the United States. So we're not talking about anything like the size of, say, the United States as a whole or Canada or, you know, again, we could go nation after nation after nation. We're talking about basically city-states. Remember when Joshua first led the people of Israel across the Jordan River into the Promised Land, the first battle was at the city of Jericho. Now, again, a city-state. They defeated that particular, uh, that particular army. God caused the walls to fall down, and they went in and destroyed the city, annihilated the city, and annihilated the people by God's instruction. Again, they were idol worshipers, not followers of God. But there, that was considered to be a city-state, a king over that particular city. Now, it would control the area around the immediate city, but it was, it was much different from what we think of today as nations and countries. It was basically one country, the land of Canaan, that was divided into all kinds, multitude of city-states within that within that particular geographic area. So 31 kings Joshua had defeated. We come to chapter 13 and we begin reading. Now Joshua was old and advanced in years, and the Lord said to him, you are old, advanced in years, and there remains very much yet land yet to be possessed. Now you think about Joshua being old and advanced in years. Well, how old was he? Well, think about how how old he, he must have been when Moses led the Israelites out of Egyptian bondage into the wilderness. How old would he have been then? 20, 30, 40, you know, somewhere in that range probably. And then how long were they in the wilderness? 40 years, 40 years. So however old Joshua was during that time when he first came to the borders of the, of the promised land, now he's been fighting battle after battle, leading the, the Israelite army into battle after battle after battle. So some more years have, have uh, ticked off the clock, so to speak. And so he now is being described and identified in chapter 13 in the first verse as old and advanced in years. In verse 2, it says, this is the land that yet remains. And God has told Joshua here, he says, you are old and advanced in years, and there remains very much land yet to be possessed. So when you think about, he's already defeated 31 kings in battle. And yet God says there's still a lot of land, very much land yet to be possessed. So there are a whole lot more potential battles out there. 
And so God tells him, this is the land that yet remains. All the territory of the Philistines and all that of the Jeshurites from Sihor, which is east of Egypt, as far as the border of Ekron, northward, which is counted as Canaanite, the five lords of the Philistines, the Gezites, the Ashdodites, the Ashkelonites, the Gittites, and the Akronites, also the Avites. From the south, all the land of the Canaanites and Mirah that belongs to the Sidonians as far as Aphek to the border of the Amorites, the land of the Gibelites, and all, of, and all Lebanon toward the sunrise from Baal Gad, uh, Gad below Mount Hermon as far as the entrance of Hamath. All the inhabitants of the mountains from Lebanon as far as the brook Misrephoth, and all the Sidonians, them I will drive out from before the children of Israel. Now God tells Joshua, all of, the, all of these yet remain. Now 31 kings he's already defeated in battle, but now all of these, all of these still remain. And God says, you know, again, he identifies them as a whole as very much, very much land yet to be possessed. And so God says, all the inhabitants of the mountains from Lebanon, as far as the book Misrephoth, and uh, all the Sidonians, them, all of these lands, which I've just read, them I will drive out from before the children of Israel. Only divide it by lot to Israel as an inheritance, as I have commanded you. Now, therefore, divide this land as an inheritance to the nine tribes and half, tri- and, and half the tribe of, of, of Manasseh. All right, so you might say, wait a minute, what's, what, what about those other tribes, those other couple of tribes? Uh, they're on the eastern bank of the Jordan River. Remember, before they crossed the Jordan River, that Reuben and Gad, those tribes said, hey, let us have our inheritance on this side of the river. And so Moses said, okay, as long as you agree to go into battle with your brethren on the other side of the river in the promised land. They said, we will do that. Okay, so God tells, God tells Joshua, all of this is yet to be conquered, yet to be possessed. Now, divide the land among the tribes, the nine tribes and the half-tribe of Manasseh. So beginning with verse 8 in chapter 13, we move on. With the other half-tribe, the Reubenites and the Gadites received their inheritance. And so you've got Reuben, Gad, full tribes, and then a half-tribe on the eastern bank of the Jordan River. And then you've got nine full tribes and another half-tribe on the western bank or within the promised land itself. So with the other half-tribe, the Reubenites and the Gadites received their, inher- their inheritance, which Moses had given them, beyond the Jordan eastward, as Moses, the servant of the Lord, had given them. From Aror, which is on the bank of the river Arnon, to, and, and the town that is in the midst of the ravine, and the, all the plain of Mediba, as far as Dibon, all the cities of Sihon, king of the Amorites, who reigned in Heshbon, as far as the border of the children of Ammon, Gilead, and the border of the Geshurites, and the Maacathites, all, the, all Mount Hermon, and all Bashan, as far as Salka, 
all the kingdom of Og and Bashan, who, reign, uh, who reigned in Ashtaroth and Edrei, who remained in the, re, the remnant of the giants. For Moses had defeated and cast out these. Now, these were battles that were fought while Moses was still the leader and still alive on the eastern side of the, of the, uh, of the Jordan River. So they were not part of the promised land itself, but these were parts, at least some of them, were parts of what Reuben and Gad and the half-tribe of Manasseh received as their inheritance, because that's where they said, we want, to, we want our inheritance on this side of the river. Now, Moses, again, had defeated and cast out these. Nevertheless, the children of Israel did not drive out the Geshurites or the Maacathites, but the Geshurites and the Maacathites dwell among the Israelites until this day. Only the tribe of Levi he had given no inheritance. The sacrifices of the Lord God of Israel made by fire and there are their inheritance, as he said to them. So there were some of these foreign peoples, foreign to the, to the Israelites, who were not driven out completely and not completely annihilated. But the text says they dwell among the Israelites until this day. Now, again, remember that God had warned the Israelites, if you don't drive out these idol-worshiping people, the different ones, the different what we would call nationalities, basically, then they will become a, a, a snare to you, a thorn in your side. They will cause you problems in the years to come, and particularly they will become influences to lead your people into idol worship and away from faithfulness and dedication to me. So we might look at this and say, well, it looks like they're already making mistakes and allowing some of these foreign idol-worshiping people to remain among them. Now, Levi, the tribe of Levi, did not receive any physical inheritance as far as land area is concerned. That was the priestly tribe. And so in verse 14, it tells us the sacrifices of the Lord God of Israel made by fire are their inheritance, as he said to them. So as the people of Israel would bring, would bring sacrifices to God, the only portions of those, those animal sacrifices would actually be burned up at the altar. The remainder of the meat that would come from those animals being sacrificed and worshiped to God would belong to the Levites, would be for their sustenance. Now, verse 15, we go on. And Moses had given to the tribe of the children of Reuben an inheritance according to their families. Their territory, were, their territory was from Aror, which is on the bank of the river Arnon, and the city that is in the midst of the ravine, and all the plain of Mediba, Heshbon, and all its cities that are in the plain, Dibon, Bamoth, Bamoth Baal, uh, Beth Baal, Baon, Jehaz, uh, Jehaza, uh, Kidamoth, Mephath, Kirjath Jim, Simba, Zira, Shahar, on the mountain in the end of the valley, Beth Peor, the slopes of Pisgah, and Beth Jeshemoth, 
all the cities of the plain and all the kingdoms of Sihon, king of the Amorites, who reigned in, in, in Heshbon, whom Moses had struck with the, prince, with the princes of Midian, Evi, Rechem, Zur, Hur, and Reba, who were princes of Sihon dwelling in the country. The children of Israel also killed with the sword Balaam, the son of Beor, the soothsayer, among those who were killed by them. And the border of the children of Reuben was the bank of the Jordan. This was the inheritance of the children of Reuben, according to their families, the cities, and their villages. Now, the land of Gad. Moses also had given an inheritance to the tribe of Gad, to the children of Gad, according to their families. Their territory was Jazer and all the cities of Gilead, and half the land of the Amorites, as far as Aror, which is before Rabah, and from Heshbon to Ramath, Mizpah, and to er, and Betanim, and from Mahanaim the, to the border of Deber, and in the valley of Beth Haram, Beth Nimrah, Succoth, and Zaphon, the rest of the kingdom of Sihon, king of Heshbon, and with, with the Jordan as its border, as far as the edge of the sea in Chinnereth. On the other side of Jordan, eastward, this is the inheritance of the children of Gad, according to their families, the cities, and their villages. And then verses 29 through 33 of chapter 13 list the inheritance of the half-tribe of Manasseh that would remain on the eastern bank of the Jordan River. Now remember, the other half-tribe of Manasseh would be on the western bank within the promised land of, uh, of, of Canaan itself. And so verse 29, Moses also had given an inheritance to, to half the tribe of Manasseh. It was for half the tribe of the children of Manasseh, according to their families. Their territory was from Mahanaim and all Bashan, all the kingdom of Og, king of Bashan, and all the towns of Jair, which are in Bashan, 60 cities, 60 cities. Now think about that. Half of Gilead and Ashtaroth and Edrei, Cities of the kingdom of Og and Bashan were for the children of Maker, the son of Manasseh, for half of the tribe of Maker, according to their families. These are the areas which Moses had distributed as an inheritance in the plains of Moab on the other side of the Jordan by Jericho eastward. But to the tribe of Levi, Moses had given no inheritance. The Lord God of Israel was their inheritance, and he, as he had said to them. So, the promised land was divided among all of the different tribes, including the half-tribes uh, of Manasseh. And so it was, it was divided among all the tribes of Israel, with the exception of the tribe of Levi. And as, you, as we read in the last verse of chapter 13, to the tribe of Levi, Moses had given no inheritance. The Lord God of Israel was their, inhabit uh, their inheritance, as he had said to them. So, they would be the priestly tribe from which the high priests would come. And God, as the priestly tribe, God would take care of them through sacrifices and, and, and so on. And uh, they would serve God as priests and, you know, as, uh, again, as the high priests would come from that particular tribe. Well, so the land was being divided the land was being divided. 
And much of what we have just read was the land to the east of the Jordan River, not within that promised land itself. But we've already read again that the kings, 31 kings within that land were already defeated by Joshua before he reached this age that is described as old and advanced in years. And so what happens now? If Joshua was old and advanced in years, then what about the rest of the conquest of the land that needed to take place? Well, again, in chapters 14 and 15, we, we see inheritance within the land west of the Jordan, within the promised land itself. And so it is being divided up among the various tribes. In chapter 15, the land of Judah. So this, is, so this was the lot of the tribe of the children of Judah, according to their families. And so its property or geographic area is being divided up. Caleb, he is given... He's, you know, Caleb occupies Hebron and Deborah. Remember, Joshua and Caleb were the only two of the initial 12 spies that entered the promised land shortly after Moses had led them out of Egypt. Caleb and Joshua were the only two of the 12, of the 12 spies Moses sent into the land to spy out the land who came back and said, hey, we can take it with God's blessing, with God's power. We can take this land. Let's go. Uh, but the people listened to the other ten to the other ten spies, and their faith weakened, and that was why God told Moses, "Take them back into the wilderness. Not going to let this these adult generations enter into this land. I'll let them die off in the wilderness." And that took a period of about forty years, and I will raise up their children to be cut to take their places, and their children will be stronger in faith. So that played out. So the next several chapters are talking about the various sections of Canaan or the promised land that were divided that were divided among the various tribes. Now what I want us to do next time is pick up with chapter 18 and this is going to talk about the remainder of the land divided the remainder of the land divided. So we'll, we'll pick that up. And if you want to, I would encourage you to go ahead and read uh, chapters, you know, 15, 16, 17, and you can read about the, the various nine tribes and the half tribe of Manasseh that entered the promised land, fought the battles, and uh, how that land was being divided up among them. And then we'll pick up with chapter 18 next time. Let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you for giving us your word to teach us your will and also to learn the lessons of peoples who have gone on before us who in some cases were steadfastly obedient to you and blessed thereby. But in other cases, they wavered or became unfaithful almost altogether and they suffered because of that. Help us to learn the lessons of faithfulness and obedience and dedication on a consistent basis to you, Father. And please, please, Father, guide us in this. Guide us in your will and bless us, Father. We pray accordingly. Please forgive us. Hear a prayer in Jesus' name. Amen.